Rob Bro. He's your sports bro at KKAM.com and the Talk 1340 app. You guys are not doing any pass blocking. You're just stepping aside and letting them walk in. Pop, 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 pop. That's what I want. All of you around that ball. What's wrong with y'all? Y'all play like some little girls. Y'all like y'all never played football before. Because of nothing. You hear me? And please, just like we do. Yes, and sweat just like we do. Do you hear me? They went through two days. We went through two days in 110 degree heat. Yes, sir. I want you to hit everything to move. If the ref gets in your way, you hit him. Okay, then, let's play. But that's eating us too. That gives us too. This is our team. This is us. Let's go right now. Let's get it off now. Let's go. Show Talk 103.9 News 20 Sports. I am the host. You are the co host. You can text in 806-855-3712. It's Power Ranking Thursday. We'll power rank the Big 12 baseball landscape. We'll power rank the AL West. We'll power rank office lunches. Whatever else you want to power rank. Again, it is the Rob Bro Show on Talk 103.9. I believe uh, earlier in the week we had somebody texting who wanted you to rank uh, Asian restaurants. We will also uh, power rank Asian restaurants in Lubbock. Thanks for uh, remembering that. I had forgotten. We'll do that, we'll do that today. <laughs> See, that's why you need a producer. They, they're on top of things. Connor knows. He remembers. He keeps me in check. Always glad to have Connor in for us. Um also, we'll look ahead to the series against TCU this weekend. We talked to some TCU guys last night. The Lupton Beers boys there with the Campbell and Gauchos. And I don't think either group of uh, podcast hosts were extremely confident. Uh, but I do think there was a certain lean uh, let's call it a homer lean for both. I, I, I do think that Texas Tech at home should be favored. Um, the, the Red Raiders are much better at Dan Law than they are on the road, especially this year. It has played out that way. Uh, you're pretty dadgum good at home. TCU started off really good in Arlington, winning two of three. Uh, against some pretty good teams, and then kind of struggled for a while. You had some uncharacteristic errors. You had some issues. Uh, You had some slow starts, but they've been pretty hot as of late. They just swept Kansas, and they've got a freshman pitcher who's been dealing on Saturdays. They've got a freshman hitter who is carrying the offense on his back some nights. All of that spells, in my opinion, a little bit of danger for TCU to come into Lubbock. They have guys who throw strikes. And while that seems like a really good opportunity for most baseball teams, when you come into Lubbock and can't pitch around a guy, and you just 
kind of poor strikes into the zone, you're either going to strike out 10 guys or get rocked. If you're TCU, you hope it's the first. If you're Texas Tech, you hope it's the latter. And I think you'll see that on both Friday and Saturday. I think TCU will have the edge on Sunday because they have a consistent, bona fide starter on Sunday. Friday, you probably give the edge to Texas Tech. Saturday, I think it's going to be a really good matchup, though, in my opinion, Mason Molina has the edge over their freshman starter on Saturday, even though he's pitched really well. We'll make some picks tomorrow. Uh, I do think that TCU baseball is in a good position to come in and win a series. I think Texas Tech is in a great position to have a bounce back weekend. But I do not know how this team will respond to a four game losing streak. They've not done it yet this year. Uh, This is their first opportunity to bounce back from a four game losing streak. It was also their first opportunity to bounce back from a two game losing streak and they lost a third. It was their first opportunity to bounce back from a well, now, hold on. Yeah, okay. Yeah, four-game losing streak. I was thinking back to the Oklahoma State series. I couldn't remember if you run-ruled them on Saturday or Sunday. You did that on Sunday. So, no midweek. The sweep in Austin. The loss in Albuquerque, which I have put out of my mind. I do not count that game. We talked about it a bit yesterday. I, I couldn't stop thinking about it yesterday. Uh, I, I do not count that game. Games in Albuquerque do not count. They don't happen. It's a scrimmage. Wash it away. Don't care. That tin box of a garbage stadium, you, you just shouldn't play there. If you have to play in Albuquerque, play at the Isotopes Ballpark. Uh, get some, some Bart Simpson merch and move on with your day. Uh, I would... Never schedule a game in Albuquerque again. I say that every year, but it just happens and happens and happens. I will also power rank anything you want to power rank on the text line, 806-855-3712. A couple of texts already. Uh, This texture, keep him honest, Connor. He does. He keeps me honest. Uh, Hey, Rob, it's bleeding into your show now. This is uh, NIL Conversation. And I will, yeah, let's just get into it now. So at the end of the last hour, we talked about NIL and how that's being regulated at a state level. It's already been regulated at a state level. It's already in play. It's already in process. But now, federally, Tommy Tuberville and the goons are trying to regulate it federally, uh, which is going to be a nightmare. Uh, Old out-of-touch coaches trying to get into politics, thinking back of when they coached in 2005, or as late as 2015, maybe, 14, they think about that game and are trying to regulate today's game with those ideals. It just does not work. 
But here's this texture. NIL has become a game of semantics. Players can be paid legally. Great. Good for them. But I don't have to like it, says the texture. Call it jealousy or old man get off my lawn mentality or whatever you want. A system that can be gamed is a faulty system. I'm sorry to break it to you, but that's not new in college athletics. And the fact that NIL is open now means there's less of a system to game. Do you think successful football teams haven't been gaming the system for decades? Do you think the SEC hasn't been doing NIL marketing for decades? Do you remember Johnny Manziel? How much of that money was unreported that he got? He got a, a half or a quarter suspension from it. You think back to the Ohio State guys trading tattoos for signatures. You think back to Transams. You think back to free boots. You think back to bags of cash in McDonald's bags. You think back to $100 handshakes. You think back to checks of cash found in cleats after good games. The system has been gamed for a long time. In my opinion, the NIL helps alleviate a lot of the system gaming. And if the thought process is that the NIL leads to more gaming of a system, I don't know what to tell you. I I disagree wholeheartedly with that. And if you don't believe that there's cheating going on or has been cheating going on or will ramp up cheating, I just disagree. It's just cheating out in the open now, and I'm okay with that because it does level the playing field. And if you think it creates new chaos in locker rooms... There's always been chaos in locker rooms. Especially in college basketball. Minutes distribution. Media availabilities. Well, why is he getting to go to all the press conferences? Why does he make more money? Well, because people want to pay him more, guy. Because he's making the shots. Because he has a cooler name. Shout out to DeColdis Crawford or Kool-Aid McKinstry. Like sometimes you're just born with a marketable name. It's because he plays quarterback. If you wanted to make more money in seventh grade, you should have fought to play quarterback instead of left tackle. Don't know what to tell you. Your genes shouldn't have been 6'6", 305". If you wanted to more make more money. By the way, if you're just talking about NIL in response to huge contracts, you're really just worried about five star players. If a, if a high three star is trying to get huge contracts, I, I don't think you're really worried about bringing them in. And I think it's up to the coaching staff 
to ascertain if a guy is coming to your school for money or to win football games. It's your job as a coaching staff to ascertain if a guy's trying to come to your school to win basketball games or collect paychecks. I think you had a guy this year just collecting paychecks. That was a bad signing. Especially because he was hurt most of the year. Not his fault, I guess. Still hurts your ROI. But there's been ROI conversations in college athletics for years and years. In the last decade before NIL became prevalent or legal, the Texas Longhorns had one of the worst ROIs in college football ever. Talk about ROI return. Texas Tech basketball, you could say what you want. What about AM football, who just went three and nine or whatever they went, with the highest paid, biggest signing class of all time sitting there as freshmen? Just because you have big NIL money doesn't mean you're going to be successful. You still have to ascertain, we're going to set a record for that word today, if a guy wants to come and play football and then will be coachable. All of that stuff still matters. You still have to recruit character. You still have to recruit buy-in. And again, in my opinion, I like how Texas Tech football does it. <clears throat> hey, son, you're going to come here and sign up as a scholarship player or a top 15 walk-on, preferred walk-on, and get twenty five grand during football season, and any other money you want to make on top of that is your prerogative. If you want to start a TikTok channel and get popular and make money off of that, if you want to start a YouTube channel, if you want to sell your autograph, if you want to sign your jersey and, and give it away, if you're going to be responsible and do all that, if you want to sign with a brokerage agent to go sign a deal with Adidas or Raising Canes, you can do that, but we're going to pay you this amount of money through this collective, and anything you want to do on top of that is your prerogative. If you're a self-starter and you want to do that, our focus here is winning football games. If your ideals line up with that, come play football. You don't have to be Texas A&M being stupid with money. You don't have to do what you did in basketball this year and be stupid with money. And you can still win. Power Ranking Thursday continues after this. It's Rob Rose Show Talk, 103.9 News. Money Sports. NIL Texture clarifies, when I say semantics, I'm alluding to the payment sources. Don't care about that aspect of it. It's the blank check unrestricted amounts that are ridiculous. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think that's as prevalent as you think it is. 
Uh, I think there is definitely some of that. And I would agree that it's much more prevalent in college basketball. But there's a hundred football players on every team in America. If there's 50 huge contracts, those are reported wide, but that's 50 out of 1,300. My math, there's still 1,250 guys that are just there to play football. And it it is reported wide, and it's it's kind of made to be out, you know, like boogeyman esque, Baba Yaga. I just I don't think it's as big of a deal as Tommy Tuberville thinks it is, or this texter thinks it is. I do think that Texas Tech learned some hard lessons this year. But that's also just going to be part of it. It's not always going to work, but it worked for Miami. So you're going to see more of it. Dear bro, how are you? I am fine. Earlier in the show, you mentioned e-break. What's an e-break? I see we have a P1 in the audience. Baseball teams that will undoubtedly break my heart this season. This from Pancho Loco. Number one, the Texas Rangers. I have high hopes this year. Number two, the Colorado Rockies. I'm always wishful, he says. Number three, the Pittsburgh Pirates. At least I can go watch other good teams play. Yeah, the Pirates are not going to be good. But uh, I don't think they want to be good. It sure doesn't seem like it. And on the on the AL West, on the Texas Rangers, the Astros still the odds-on favorite. But against by better judgment, Texas Rangers, two. Mariners, three. Angels, four. A's, a distant five. And it is incredible that the... Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, the California Angels, can be so bad with two of, if not the two best players in the world at the sport of baseball. Just baffling on some degrees. And what's crazy is they could trade both of them off and completely rebuild in one off season. They refuse to do it. And if Otani re-signs with the Angels, what does that contract look like? I mean, we've seen some pretty ridiculous contracts for guys like Machado or Harper or Trout, you know, $400 million for 10 years. What is Otani worth? Because you're paying him to be a DH and a pitcher. Does he get double the contract? 
Does he get one and a half contracts? Is it going to be $600 million? And you're not really resetting the market if you're Otani because nobody does what you do. He is a unicorn. In my hopes, somebody else signs him in free agency. Just for the sport of baseball, and I hope it's not like the Dodgers or the Yankees. It would be awesome if the Texas Rangers got him. But I just hope he goes to a contender or, I don't know, they trade off Mike Trout for a ransom and put a lot more around Otani. Is that a gamble that's worth taking? I don't know. Uh, the texter says, thank you. You just said, you don't have to be Texas A&M and be stupid with money. You don't have to be Texas Tech basketball and be stupid with money. That's the part we anti-NILers are complaining about. Not the kids getting paid for marketing themselves. Yeah, but again, the genesis of the conversation was that Tommy Tuberville needs to get out of NIL game at the federal level. So you can complain about NIL without wanting more regulation through the government. That's what I hate. It's a free market. It sets itself. And it's already been regulated at the state level. Stay out of it, Tommy. That's basically what I wanted to say earlier. And if teams want to make bad decisions, they can. That's their right. It's capitalism. It's a free market. I thought this was America. No apologies necessary, Texture. It's all right. We'll be back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show Talk 103.9 News. Money Sports. We'll get back to the text line here momentarily. I do want to talk through the Big 12 Power Rankings because we have, I think, four series this weekend that are really well-timed to shake out the Power Rankings. Right now, I think there are four teams that can win the Big 12. Texas, Oklahoma State, TCU, and Texas Tech. Texas and Oklahoma State play a series this weekend in Stillwater. TCU and Texas Tech play a series this weekend in Lubbock. I am prepared to separate those tiers next week after we know the results of those two series. In my opinion, next Monday, next Thursday, and Power Ranking Thursday, you could probably see either Oklahoma State or Texas, and then Texas Tech, and then TCU. If somebody sweeps, if Texas sweeps Oklahoma State and Stillwater, 
Texas is the odds-on favorite and, and number one in the power rankings next week, and I don't need a tier. If they split that series or Oklahoma State wins two out of three and Texas Tech splits the series, wins two out of three, or God forbid TCU wins two out of three, I think there's some conversation to be had. Uh, but Texas can absolutely take a huge step forward uh, if they get three in Stillwater, and that would be huge. Oklahoma State also would take a, a step down, and if that series is split between TCU and Texas Tech, they probably stay in front of Oklahoma State. The next tier that I think has a really good matchup is West Virginia, Kansas State. West Virginia has not played a Big 12 game yet. Kansas State coming off a sweep of Oklahoma in Manhattan. This series is in Manhattan as well. Uh, West Virginia ranked 24th, but has only played outside of the conference. Uh, that's going to be a really interesting series. We'll know a lot more about West Virginia after this weekend. But right now I'd put the second tier as West Virginia, Kansas State. Third tier all alone, Oklahoma. They play Stanford this weekend, a three-game set with Stanford starting today. Stanford's really good. Um, I, I don't think I don't think Oklahoma would move much in the Big 12 hierarchy if they get swept this weekend. Now, maybe if they win two of three in Norman against Stanford, you, you kind of give them an edge upwards a little bit, but I don't think they'd pass either Kansas State or West Virginia. And then the final tier, the bottom tier of the Big 12 power rankings in baseball also play each other this weekend, Baylor at Kansas. Um, if, if Baylor wants to step up, if Baylor wants to be a team that can at least play spoiler a little bit, they need to win a couple games in, in Lawrence. And if Kansas wants to hold on and be a team that can do the same, they need to win two or sweep Baylor and Lawrence. You have to win home series in the Big 12. Have to. And Lawrence is a place, depending on the weather, where you really can kind of have an advantage. So Baylor at Kansas, I'll take Kansas to win two out of three. Texas at Oklahoma State, I probably give the edge to, to Oklahoma State. Again, all these series start tomorrow. I'll probably make these picks again tomorrow. West Virginia at Kansas State. Again, I lean home, home field. I've not seen West Virginia play against the Big 12 yet. Nobody has. They haven't done it. They're two weekends behind. And then you have, uh, obviously, TCU, Texas Tech, and Stanford, Oklahoma. Stanford, I think, will win two out of three in Norman. And that series starts tonight. I'll give you the Texas, T TCU, Texas Tech TCU pick tomorrow. Back to the text line, bro, so Tuberville doesn't like NIL, but he lets campaign funders donate money to him for his name, image, likeness. Oh, the irony. Yeah, absolutely. And again, these old school mentality guys that are in charge are just so backwards. Oh, these student athletes are going to get exploited. How? And if you think paying a, a 17, 18-year-old kid big money is exploiting them, and your focus is to take away that ability instead of 
placing in regulations for either collectives or uh, financial literacy courses. Well, why don't you just add that to the curriculum? Every college athlete should have to go to a symposium on financial literacy. Hey, you're about to get some money. Here's what to do with it. Hey, you're about to get these checks. Here's where they can go. Uh, you have to uh, make payments on, on these things. This is what you need to do. But giving a kid a nice car to drive around, why is that not beneficial? And by the way, the, the whole ruling that you can't use it in recruiting is fine. You can't tell them what they're getting, but they know it does help. Oh, if you play basketball at Texas, you get a Lambo. If you play basketball or football at A&M, you get to drive a Benz around. Now, probably not all 100, but the top recruits, yeah. Why is that not a positive? Now, is it smart to pay a kid who's never played this level of basketball $400,000 to be here as a freshman? No, it's not. But Nigel Pack coming in as a, a senior, coming from the Big 12 to the ACC, I don't care what he makes. I wish they didn't announce it like they did with John Ruiz. I don't like that guy personally, but if you have this transfer portal free agent system, it, the toothpaste is out of the tube. You can't squeeze all that back in there. It, it just is what it is. Uh, this texture with the inevitability of McCasland. Do you know anything on the current players staying or leaving? Do they like and want McCasland? Does it depend more on the coaches he brings in? If the duo is McCasland and McCollum, Ben McCollum, the D2 guy we've been talking about uh, the last couple of days, McCasland we've been talking about for longer, um, guys like Lamar Washington, I think really fit that system. I think Robert Jennings fits that system. Uh, I think Daniel Bacho fits that system. I think Elijah Fisher fits that system as a slasher. But I, but I don't know if Elijah Fisher as a shooter right now fits that system. Obviously, he has that ability and that room to grow. Uh, I think coming in, Drew Steffi fits the system. If he can just have enough movement and catch the 10th pass and be wide open for a three and get a bunch of open looks... I think that'll be nice. But again, it, if you're a, an AAU player, 
who grew up playing the wide-open AAU NBA style, you really do have to commit to come here and play slow basketball. Now, it's still elite basketball. It's still high-level basketball. But it is demanding basketball. But if you look more like Baylor of the last three years and Texas Tech in 2019 with real movement and intentional movement in the offense instead of just like who knows what they're doing, nobody has any chemistry kind of movement, then I think all of the players right now on this roster kind of do fit that because McCaslin runs the Adams defense with different layers and different input, but it's still that style. They'll have to be more committed to it next year. But I think there was a lot of discontent and not buy-in like you really needed last year as opposed to the year before. I don't think you want two six-two guards playing on the floor at the same time in this defense. I think you'll go back to more of a everybody's six-five, and then you have a point guard kind of thing. If Tyler Perry comes in, does Pop Isaac stay? I don't know. Tyler Perry, the the guard from North Texas with one year of eligibility left or two, I don't know. COVID always messes that up. We'll see. All right, let's take the break. When we come back, more textures, more power rankings, and some Asian food rankings in the city of Lubbock. It's Rob Bro Show Talk, one of the 3.9 News, Money Sports. With it. Welcome back. It's Rob Bro Show. This texture, it sounds like Tubby is afraid that Bama and Georgia will leave him in the holler with NIL, haven't they already? Again, Georgia's not great because of NIL. Bama, last offseason, Nick Saban's crying that he doesn't have enough NIL support uh, in a room full of boosters, and that leaks. Like, it's, I mean, I get the the joke, but. All right, Asian restaurants in Lubbock. This is just a list of my favorites. Um, If you want to give it one through six, I guess this is a power ranking. Some of it's nostalgic. Number one, Little Panda. Nostalgic to me. Go to uh, the kind of American style Chinese takeout that everyone loves. General Sal's uh, lemon pepper chicken. It's just sweet and sour chicken with some lemons thrown in there. Uh, the the fried rice that's just rice. <laughs> it's so good. The the thick chow mein noodles, whatever it is. Little Panda solid. A new one for me. Number two, Fo District One. Very good. Uh, the the raw beef, the thinly sliced steak, the fatty brisket, the meatball pho. Very good. 
Uh, the dumplings were incredible. Uh, the spring rolls were incredible. Very happy with that. Uh, another place that's fairly new, uh, or at least I just discovered, is Masiso over there on 34th Street. Uh, very good. The, the rice noodles, uh, the katsu chicken. Very, very good stuff over there. Another nostalgic one, Bangkok, Chu Chai, uh, and then Uncle Chin's would round out the list. All great. I'm a, a big fan of, of Asian cuisine. There's a few uh, Indian restaurants I would like to go to that I've not checked out yet. Those would probably make my list if I had been there before. Uh, I need to catch up on some of those. There's also... Uh, some classics that I'm leaving out, Thai Thai, uh, Seoul, Korean Kitchen, whatever it is. Uh, there's there's a lot of great ones. Um, these are my six. If you want to add yours, you can. It's a Rob Bro Show, Talk 103.9 News, Money Sports. A couple of minutes left today. It is opening day. Texas Tech's own Josh Young batting fifth today for the Texas Rangers, just about an hour away from first pitch. Jacob DeGrom... Throwing the rock today. Doors open already. Uh, fans filing in. I got a couple of texts from guys in the building. Catching BP. The roof is also open today. Uh, roof opening at 2 o'clock, I think they said. So they'll have that process. You can see it live if you're in the building. Uh, I would assume the roof will be open most days until... It gets to be about a hundred. And then a day game, you might have it closed every once in a while. You'll probably have it open most nights. It's interesting. I wonder if the starting pitcher gets a say in that. I'm assuming they do. Uh, they get a say in what jerseys they're wearing. Maybe they don't. Maybe it's just, uh, hey, if it's this degrees, we're leaving the door shut. If it's this degrees, we're opening it up. The final game of the year last year, the door was, or the roof was open. Uh, quite enjoyed it. I baked a little bit, but um, that was the first game I had taken in with the with the roof open. Uh, both of the college showcases, they left the the roof open all, I'm sorry, closed all weekend long. Excited to go catch some Rangers games this summer. I, I do hope the Texas Rangers are good. I sure do. <laughs> it would be really sad if they're not. Um, but I do think they have an opportunity to be good. I do. Uh, the lineup today, a little bit of a surprise. Uh, Brad Miller, the DH, Ezekiel Duran, not in the lineup today. Uh, Adolis Garcia, going to be your everyday center fielder. Uh, the infield pretty well set with Young, Seeger, Simeon, and Lowe. Jonah Heim, the catcher of the future, getting the opening day start with DeGrom as the battery. Uh, and then Josh Smith, the left fielder. So, interesting. Interesting. I, I am very excited. Uh, I do think the Texas Rangers will take a step forward this year. The total, again, uh, right at 500 for what they think can happen. What I think will happen as well, 
Uh, and there's, there's some people who think, uh, the Texas Rangers were so unlucky last year with this roster, uh, with this lineup pretty well intact from last year that you can take a step forward with the pitching you brought in, uh, and that the, the the unluckiness of last year will regress to the mean and and you'll be a little more lucky maybe and and have that opportunity. Robbie Grossman, the right fielder. I don't think I said his name earlier. All right. About ready to close this show up. We'll be back tomorrow with the preview for TCU and Texas Tech. We'll continue to talk about the rest of the Big 12 and the baseball world. We'll also have some recap on Josh Young's opening day campaign, rookie of the year campaign, Jacob deGrom's first start of his Cy Young campaign. We'll have all of it tomorrow. On the Raiderland at 11 a.m. and this show, the Rob Bro Show, right after. It's three hours of premium programming right here on Talk 1039. We'll see you tomorrow. I've been Rob Bro. I'll be Rob Bro. We'll see you then. The views and opinions expressed by the participants on this Talk 1340 program are not necessarily the views of Talk 1340, its advertisers, staff, management, or Town Square Media.